Before we turn our attention to the word of the Lord, I just want to point out a reminder. We're not having children's church today, and we don't have a nursery. So all of our babies are here in the sanctuary. And I want to remind everybody, if you are a parent with a tiny baby in here, do not feel ashamed, do not feel embarrassed, do not feel that you have to get up and walk out because the crying babies in the sanctuary mean that a church is healthy and that people are having babies, and we are grateful for you being here on Christmas morning with your children. We know it was probably hard for you to get them ready and get them here, so just enjoy being here, and if they cry, listen, I have that effect on a lot of adults too. It's okay, all right? Today's Christmas Day, and Jesus was laid in a manger. He probably cried from some hay poking him somewhere he didn't want to be poked to. It's all right, okay? Let's pray together, and we'll turn our attention to the word of the Lord. Father in heaven, we thank you for this wonderful Christmas day. We thank you for your word and for the truth that is found in it. We ask this morning, Lord, that you would speak to us from your holy word. God, that I I wouldn't get in the way of your Holy Spirit speaking to each of us in this room. Lord, I ask that you would move me out of your way and that you would teach us, Lord, from your word. Father, that you would encourage us, that you would motivate us, that you would challenge us you would convict us, God, that you would give us your strength. We ask, Father, that you would watch over this time and bless it, Lord, that your word might go forth and not return void. We ask all these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible this morning, and I hope that you do, I encourage you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke. We will actually be in Luke chapter 1 this morning. Luke chapter 1. If you don't happen to have your Bible with you this morning, that's perfectly fine. Maybe you almost got stranded in Colorado and barely made it home late last night just to get here in time for Christmas and you didn't remember to bring your Bible. That's okay. That's no big deal. We've got it on the screens. You can follow along that way or you can borrow a Bible from the back of the pew there in front of you. If you don't own your own copy of God's Word, please feel free to take that one that's in the back of the pew as our gift to you. But regardless of how you're accessing the Word of the Lord, whether it's in digital or print format, would you please stand out of reverence for the public reading of God's Holy Word if you're physically able to do so? I'll be reading for us this morning. I'll read from Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 56. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 56. When I've completed the reading, I will say this is the word of the Lord. If you are grateful for God's word, I encourage you to respond at that time with a hearty thanks be to God. Let's look together now at Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? 
And the angels answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her there about three months and returned to her home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. We come to the Christmas story this morning, and I wanted to backtrack just a little bit to give us an idea of how things get started with the Christmas story. And so this is how we are aware that the Christmas story begins. An angel named Gabriel shows up to Mary and gives her this news. But something I want us to pay very close attention to in all that we just read, numerous times Mary is referred to as favored, oh favored one, or blessed. She is referred to as being favored by God. She is referred to as being blessed. This is what the angels call her. And I'm sure that Mary assumed when the angel told her all of these things, she probably had the same thought in her mind that all the apostles and all the disciples had as they followed Jesus. They thought that at some point in Jesus's life, He would overthrow the Roman government and reestablish David's throne here on earth and reestablish the kingdom of Israel and that that throne would then persevere through all the ages. And she must have thought in some part of her heart or mind that this must mean I'm going to be the mother of the king and one day I will be highly honored and highly favored. Well, she was highly honored. She is highly honored. She was favored and she was blessed. She is favored and she is blessed. But sometimes I just feel like we 
commonly use these words and we conflate what they mean. If I were to ask you what you got for Christmas already today, I I bet that many of us would consider ourselves blessed based off of the things that we receive. Many of us may consider ourselves blessed based off of the amount of family that was able to be with us. Everything that we think about when we think about being favored by God, when we think about being blessed, they're all good things, right? Man, that, woo, blessings. Hey, did you, did you see old John? He pulled up in that brand new truck. I tell you what, man, woo, buddy, he is blessed. I tell you, man, everything he touches just seems to turn to gold. Every business adventure that she goes into, it just seems to prosper no matter what she does. She must be favored by God. Is that not our common understanding of blessing and being favored by God? Having God's favor in our lives. It's just a knee-jerk reaction. The rest of the world thinks that. That's why that's become such a, a wonderful little catchphrase. For a long time, I, I'm, I'm probably dating myself. I don't think it's necessarily popular anymore to, you know, go on whatever Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Facebook, whatever you may do, and, and, and post a picture and say, hashtag blessed. Oh, look at, look at my family Christmas morning. Hashtag blessed. Wow, look at all the things our kids got. Hashtag blessed. Oh boy, we're doing great in our life. All right, I don't think people do that anymore because hopefully we mocked them out of the habit of doing that. Maybe you did that this morning. If you did, more power to you. God bless you. You are blessed. But I just want to challenge that notion, that thought of what we think of when we think of blessed. Mary was blessed. Mary was favored. And the Christmas story is not a story of a woman who is set to become the mother of the king in an earthly way. The first reaction that Mary gets is she goes to her cousin's house. She gets to Elizabeth's house. She stays there for three months. When she comes back, she is now visibly pregnant. And you can tell that she is pregnant. So you are in your hometown. You're living in Andalusia. You leave and you go up to Birmingham to stay with some family for three months. And when you come back, you got a very protruding baby bump. And we're not talking about an adult woman by today's standard of an adult woman. This is by all measure, probably a teenager. Okay. I mean, like at most, she's probably Cape's age. So I just want you to imagine somebody that is Cape's age in the beautiful green right here. I know she hates that I'm doing this to her, but I love her enough to just bear that uh, indignation from her for a while. So just imagine somebody that age leaves Andalusia for three months and comes back And now she has a beautiful baby bump. What are we all going to think? What are we all going to say? How are we going to treat her? Not to her face. Oh, we're so excited for you, Kate. We're just, we're just, oh, you're just blessed. This is just a wonderful thing. Oh, it's a baby. We just, we just love you. And then, oh my goodness. Can you believe she's pregnant? Oh my God. Can you believe? She went away to Birmingham for three months. She must have been, woo living life up, going to all them parties, partying hardy. And then some, I can't believe she didn't have some protection of some kind, some control in place. I can't, I can't believe she was so stupid as to not, now she's pregnant, she's a teenager. Woo, man, that's still how we would talk about it, albeit behind someone's back because we're good Southern Christians, right? So we would do that behind somebody's back even now. Well, in that day, Mary should have been stoned. Mary should have been killed. Her life is now at risk, along with the life of her unborn baby. And now her husband is in doubt of whether he should stay with her. But she's blessed, favored by God. 
favored by God in the midst of one of the biggest scandals in all of human history because of the importance of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is how she spends her time. And then the governor says, all right, everybody's got to go back to their house and be counted. Caesar said you got to be counted. She is far along in her pregnancy. Ladies, I just any of you that have been pregnant, when you're pregnant seven, eight, nine months along, where do you want to travel other than the hospital to have the baby? Anywhere? In a nice, comfortable car that with a great suspension, you barely feel any of the bumps. You don't really want to go much of anywhere, right? This is a 90-mile trek. Some of us may drive 90 miles or more today. But for them, a maximum is like 20 miles a day. And that is poor Joseph going, hey, Mary, baby, I, I, I love you. You look great. Man, you, you look awesome, Mary. You're just beautiful. But you are moving a little bit slow, sweetie. We have got to get to Bethlehem, okay? Let's pick up the pace just a little bit. You need another ride on the donkey? All right, let's go. That must have been so much more comfortable riding on a donkey all the way to Bethlehem with a baby. You're eight months along for crying out loud. This woman had a miserable journey. Blessed, though. Woo! Mary. Hashtag blessed. She's doing great. Living her best life now, okay? The Lord is with her, and she is favored riding on this donkey with this huge baby that everybody thinks that she's an adulteress anyway. Everybody thinks that she's cheated on Joseph. Everybody thinks that she couldn't wait until she was married. They're good riddance from Nazareth. Hey, y'all just stay in Bethlehem for a while, why don't you? Well, they get to Bethlehem. All right, at least we'll be with Joseph's family. At least there'll be people there to help me. Um, hey, guys, uh, you know, it's a lot of people, a census and all. Uh, no room for you. So, sorry. We don't have room in the guest room. Well, where, where can we go? No, nobody else has got any room either. But you, you can hang out in that stable out there. So you, we're going to have the baby. I'm, I'm a teenager, says Mary. I've never had a baby before. You're telling me the only help I've got is Joseph the carpenter to help me birth this baby in a, in a stable, in, in a barn. That's great. This is, woo! I, hashtag blessed. Living my best life now, y'all. Woo! Mary's doing great. Then, after they have the baby, we know that they stay in Bethlehem for probably 18 months to two years, right? It takes the Magi a long time to get there. In that time frame, they're doing all the things that are required by the law. They're probably appreciating the fact that there are fewer points, fewer stairs, fewer long glances at them because everybody knows, well, we know when y'all got married and we know when Jesus was born and we can do math. So, mm-hmm, a little bit less of that in Bethlehem, we hope, but they're still dealing with it. They say, look, let's just take a break. Let's just be in Bethlehem for a little while. Then these magi show up and you're thinking, wow, they bring gold. How awesome, right? Now Mary moves into the blessed portion, right? Now we see Mary is favored. Hashtag blessed. Now we got gold, right? But they also brought funeral ointments. Um, I've been to a lot of uh, hospitals when babies are born. It's, it's not appropriate or good to bring funeral um, anointings for a baby in the hospital that's just been born. That's, that's not going to go over very well. I just want to warn you all, don't, don't bring a casket for a baby into the hospital. That's partly what the Magi do. Frankincense and myrrh are the same kinds of things that were used to anoint Jesus' body after he died. They show up and it's prophetic what they bring. 
It's not just that they bring gold and silver and good things. It's that they bring the things that are prophesying what will happen in Jesus' life. Kind of an odd blessing. Kind of an odd way to be favored by the Lord. As the Christmas story continues, now the Magi have returned a different way. And after they left, Herod realizes he's been tricked. And so in less than two years of the toddler's life, now their whole family has to pick up and move to Egypt. And so Mary has to collect everything that she has and move to Egypt. Not because Egypt is the booming place to be, but because the king in the region is trying to kill her son already blessed and highly favored. And then she gets to move back to Nazareth. And, and by all accounts, we don't know anything else about Joseph outside of this Christmas story, right? Outside of the very early years of Jesus' life, we know nothing else about Joseph because Scripture does not tell us. So in all likelihood, Mary ends up as a young widow with a bunch of children. And then those children begin to fight with one another because one of them has decided he's the Messiah. And so everywhere that Jesus goes that's within walking distance of his brothers and sisters, they go and try and drag him back to mama and get him to stop spouting off all this nonsense. So Mary was filled with family drama for her whole life, living life as a widow with her children infighting with one another for many years. And she's blessed and she's favored, not because she was rich, not because she was prosperous, not because she had a bunch of stuff. Not because everything in her family went perfectly. Not because everybody thought she was a great person. Not because she had the best reputation. Not because of anything external. She was blessed because God blessed her and was with her. God promises that he will be with us. That he will carry us through the trial. Through the struggle. We're blessed when we have God with us. Just Bear with me for one more moment. I think if we look through Scripture, this is the same principle that we see over and over again. Out of the lion's den for Daniel, out of the prison for Peter, the well's belly for Jonah, for Goliath's shadow for David, the storm for the disciples, disease for the lepers, doubt for Thomas, the grave for Lazarus, the shackles for Paul. God gets us through things. He doesn't necessarily deliver us from everything He could have let Daniel escape the lion's den by never having to go in, but Daniel had to sit in the lion's den, and then the Lord closed their mouths. He could have delivered Peter and Paul from shackles and chains and prisons, but they had to sit in those prisons, in those dank, dark dungeons, and then be delivered through their shackles. Listen, we are blessed because we can trust that God will deliver us through all our troubles. He will be with us in every situation, in every high and every low. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. But don't think for one second that just because we have Jesus, just because Jesus showed up among us, that there will be no more trouble because there was plenty of trouble in Jesus's life. There was plenty of trouble in Mary's life. There was plenty of trouble for the one who was called blessed and highly favored. Just because we may be blessed, And highly favored of the Lord, it does not mean we will not struggle, we will not suffer, we will not experience strife. God uses those things in our life 
to be a blessing. It's what he says in, in Romans 5. The suffering produces endurance. The endurance produces patience. The patience produces righteousness. Mary was blessed because even though she got a bad reputation, even though she had a hard journey to Bethlehem, even though she ended up a widow more than likely, even though her kids fought with one another, even though people tried to kill her son his whole life, even though as a mother she was subjected to the torture of watching her own son, her firstborn son, be executed in front of her very eyes, God was with her every step of the way. God didn't deliver her from it, but God delivered her through it. And I want you to know the same thing is true for you and the same thing is true for me. If this Christmas we will trust in Jesus and we will lean on Jesus, there is no promise or guarantee from the Bible that because you trust in Jesus, because you believe in the Lord, that you will not have strife. The promise is much the opposite. If you believe in Jesus, there will be suffering. There will be pain. There will be sorrow. There will be strife. But God will deliver us through it. We will walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but we will fear no evil. For the rod and the staff of the good shepherd will comfort us. He will walk by our side. And I know that for a fact because he took the effort to be born, to take on flesh and walk among us. And the same God who was willing to be born as a little baby and laid in a feeding trough. The same God who was willing to live in our world and overcome our sin for us is the same God who will come and be in your heart, who will come and be in my heart, who will come and walk with us in and through this life. And He will deliver us through. And the rest of the world will look at us and say, they are blessed. They are favored by God. Not because of the things that we have, but because of the God that is with us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that you are with us. We thank you that because you were born so many years ago, we know that we are blessed. We know that we are highly favored. Lord, thank you that you deliver us through. Lord, thank you that you're with us on the good days and bad. Thank you, Lord, for Mary's patience and her endurance. Thank you for the example that she sets for us of what it means to be blessed and be faithful, to be favored and be faithful. I pray, Lord, that this Christmas you would deliver us through the trial, through the struggle, through the temptation. Lord, help us to remember what it really means to be blessed by you. Would you walk with us? Come along beside us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Jason's going to lead us in a, in a brief song of invitation. I just want to encourage you to respond to the Holy Spirit. If you want to come and pray, if you want to come and talk and have Philip or myself pray with you, we would love to do that. If you want to trust in the Jesus that was born, that we celebrate this Christmas Day, we'd be happy to receive you. Would you please stand? Would you sing? Would you respond as the Spirit leads? Without Him I could do nothing 
Without Him I'd surely fail Without Him I would be drifting Like a ship without a turn him away oh Jesus oh Jesus without him how lost I would be without him I would be dying without him turn him away oh Jesus oh Jesus without him how lost I would be 